0: Oh my goodness. Uh, Zoom slightly changed how they do like the, whenever you get your recording. And I had a heart attack cause I thought I fucked up and then didn't have the last episode. We do though, it's fine. Hello sisters and welcome. Grab a drink and a familiar cozy up by a bubbling cauldron and join us for this meeting of the sisters of the night caucus.
1: Say hello sisters.
0: Hello, I am Katie.
1: Hi, I'm Shanna. I'm Angela
2: and I'm Emily
0: and I'm Jillian and here we go week two of no context hexing Uh, we're each going to go around and hex something with no or I guess let's this week we'll try either no or minimal context minimalist context hexing if you want who wants to go first Katie
3: yes people who like their own Facebook posts
0: (laughs) Ooh, people do that savage (laughs) yes that's a thing
1: that's insane I'm embarrassed yeah who's next I'm gonna go next I'm gonna redeem myself from last week okay the former mayor of Pittsburgh hallelujah hallelujah
0: full full agree on that um who's next Angela.
2: Valentine's Day. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Hex that forever. Mm. Hex it it to hell. hell. I wonder if I'll get the same kind of Valentine's Day presents I
3: did for my birthday.
0: Oh, I hope not.
3: Probably
2: probably bigger and more of them. (laughs) (laughs) Multicolored. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. More more pink. Pink ones. Absolutely. Absolutely
4: just be Uh, grateful you're getting a valentine's day gift
2: uh, hey, listen you've got you've got some kids so you know your kids should step up on this and send you no weird that's weird no
4: no no, no, that's nice it's sweet no 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 no, no. 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 listen they should make you like a little
1: handwritten construction
4: paper
0: card
4: that is what mother's day is for my children are grown ass adults and they can lavishly spend valentine's day with their significant others or 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 whomever they
0: choose Mm -hmm. but that's
4: weird everyone out there now I feel pathetic, so thanks for that. I listen, to- I
0: have a very good relationship Valentine's with my spouse, David. and he will not buy me a Valentine's Day, he'll forget what day it either. is. So no, it's we fine, don't. it's really we fine. Um, oh, Emily, do you have something?
2: Emily. Yeah, someone who came to see my apartment today, um, to take over my lease had a bumper sticker. That said, Trump 2024, take America back, or something like that, and hex everyone who is even considering getting one of those bumper stickers.
0: Yes. 100% that. Yeah. Um, See, I was hoping that uh, I would get something while you all were talking, and then I didn't.
3: I mean... I, I have a potential um, idea. Okay, what's that? Well, no, I, well. Okay. It's not going to work. Never mind. <laughs> I, would like
1: hex, I would like to hex my really, brain. I was going <laughs> to say, <laughs> half developed ideas.
0: Yeah, I, I would have hexed my whole brain. All of my brain was wasted on the segment, and so now none of it's left. Um, As always, uh, or as always, listen, we did it one time before. We'll do it again this week. We'll list our hexes. If you want more context, you want to talk about it, we'll do it. Uh Facebook, Twitter, or if you're extra cool and special uh on our Patreon where you will get a more unedited version of our thoughts. Um (laughs) so our next our segment today, we're I'm oh god, I'm so fucking psyched. We're gonna talk about real PA trivia. Oh my god, I'm fucking thrilled. Uh Katie though, kick it off because you've got a serious one. I do
3: have a serious one. Um, it is Black
0: History Month in in
3: this, you know, nation of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and by the way, Pennsylvania's legislature can't even like pass recognition that it's gonna be Black History Month. They've tried for several years. No one will actually like pass a simple resolution. But I just really want to like lift up and remind people. I think it was a I think it was a 2014 Southern Poverty Law Center report listed York County as the most racist county um outside of the South in the country. Um we have as of the most recent hate watch report 36 active hate groups in pennsylvania 15 mm. of those are statewide mm. um oh wait there's a concentration in oh wait york county um or towns in york county so yeah i mean well let's see uh york has the committee for open Uh debate on the holocaust uh elizabeth town has the hl mencken club gross Uh yeah um so you know but i will say that uh you know pittsburgh's got this thing called act for america which is this massive anti-muslim group like really southern poverty law center they track these things and the department of justice also tracks hate crimes which were on the rise in 2020 in Pennsylvania as well. So, you know, there's a reason we need a Black History Month because this shit needs to be recognized. And our guest put in the chat that Allegheny must be on that list too. And uh, Angela lifted something up. She can add to this.
4: Yeah, um, I think about two weeks ago, there was a massive dump of information from um, the telegram channels and whatnot of um, a lot of the alt-right. And in that massive dump, um, it came out that they had a secret squirrel meeting of all kinds of alt-right leaders in Pittsburgh this November, which is terrifying. and so um, I mean the FBI has gone out of their way to say over and over again that um, Allegheny County is an absolute hotbed of, <laughs> of, <a>
0: whole, <laughs> of
4: I'm, I'm not trusting. I'm not laughing because it's a funny topic. No I'm,
0: I'm, no I'm Emily just put it. something Emily- in the chat and it's so you'll find out later but it's it's funny.
4: But moral of the story is um, there is an extraordinarily dangerous amount of hate groups um, and militias activating in Allegheny County and all around them. And the fact that there was this large uh, gathering that went completely unnoticed or reported on uh, should give everyone extraordinary pause.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, yeah. It's Black History Month. Educate yourself about hate in your community because there's a shit ton Mm -hmm. here in Pennsylvania.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So I, my, uh, I feel like an absolute fucking clown right now. But here's my PA trivia. I was like, I don't, what am I going to do? And then I was like, I want to do something about Altoona. Um, And so I discovered that in the 70s, early 80s, Altoona had a slogan and that slogan was Altoona has hustle. And Jens, there was a song. There was a fucking song. I'm going to share my screen with you right now and see if we can't play it. Here we go. What What do you think? <laughs> i, I like this gonna this is down. good
3: gonna oh yeah slaps that's where i can right down. oh yeah it, it really does. does yeah uh so i will of course
0: uh i will of course um share the link share the youtube link uh so that it's every- the singer for me
1: the, the nice. picture, the dude with the 70s and the picture, the of the
0: dude. Like, and I encourage you guys seriously, like, go listen to the whole song because it is a banger. Um, <laughs> I, think
4: Blair, I think Blair County just found the inspiration for it. Panavision uh, contribution. Uh
0: huh. I want, I want an updated version of Meet Me in Altoona. I mean, come on. I'm like. And can you see why I'm so angry that I, this is the first day that I have ever known about this. I'm going to go like cross-examine every person that I know in, that has lived in Blair County that long. And I know quite a few. I'm going to be like, why didn't you tell me? What's the matter with you? I,
3: one, want to know if, occasional pod host Commissioner Burke fucking
0: knows. And I also I want to know because no. well, no, she hasn't been there. she's a
3: I want to know if her predecessor, former Commissioner Gordy, knows. Oh, my God.
0: I'm going to ask Donna Commissioner- Gordy about it.
3: Former
4: Commissioner Gordy is probably playing the cowbell on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, shit. That's and yeah, I got to check my dates. Uh, but yeah, no, that's I. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be a whole history project. I'm going to have to like, learn the entire history of both Altoona Has Hustle and Meet Me in Altoona 1982. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, and of course, we'll share the link. <laughs> <laughs> Emily is going to take it back with a serious one.
2: Yes. Yeah, so a couple weeks back, um, the borough of Chambersburg became the first Um, municipal authority in the commonwealth to repeal protections for residents against discrimination based on their sexual orientation, ethnicity, or gender identity. So this is one of those NDOs, non-discrimination ordinances. Um, Chambersburg becomes the first out of 70 communities that had passed an NDO to um, repeal it and they repealed it because, um, in the most recent elections, the borough council flipped from democratic majority to Republican majority. Um, and you know, not, not cool. Like this is just, uh, kind of ridiculous going backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. but to, uh, prove this point even further, I just want to read a couple of quotes from a pen live article on, um, on these events. Um, So this quote comes from the Council Vice President Bill Everly, a lifelong resident of Chambersburg. We are a very diverse community. For that reason, I don't understand why we need to have special protections for people. I think by creating special protections for people, we open the door for other protections for other people. I think we need to come together and not divide us. I think this would divide us. Oh, no. Um, if yes, we have protections so- for some
0: people, we might protect other people.
2: Yes. What the Katie. fuck? Katie. <laughs> Katie's Her head's about to explode, I can tell. Mm-hmm. As president
3: of my bro <laughs> council, I have spent about a year trying to pass a very large ordinance, which is similar to an NDO, but it is actually what is needed to start a municipal collection of folks participating in a human relations commission, because you have to start Mm -hmm. it with municipalities and then the county can take it over. And of course, it's all overseen by the state human relations commission. In conversation about that, welcome to less, hmm, you know, one of the best responses I got from a member of the community as we're trying to do this is, well, I was bullied as a kid for being fat. I don't know what the gay kid's problems are. I got bullied too. (sighs) Listen, Listen. let me just tell you how much I want to like the chambersburg council on fire and no offense to the folks there but like did you knock doors last year did you turn out your voters so this didn't happen because i will also tell you i might be a council president in a like reasonably closed-minded place but the entire council's democrats because it's like you know work so i'm a little pissed off that the council even flipped in the first place. And secondly, or umpteenthly, I don't know, because I'm going to go on a tear. (sighs) I'm actually going to go to something positive before I completely and utterly lose my shit and actually yell. Um, Kudos to all of the businesses, though, in Chambersburg who are standing up against this bullshit. Kudos to them. And kudos to them for being really fucking public about it and showing people that there are still good people in Chambersburg. And I hope to God this really mobilizes people in 2023 to oust these sons of bitches. Because obviously other people didn't ask for too many more protections in the, what, six months that the ordinance was in place?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, um, apparently there was, it was a three-hour council meeting. Well, for three hours they heard, the council heard um and from this pen live article it says impassioned please from scores of borough residents overwhelmingly speaking out in support of the ordinance um and only a few borough residents spoke in favor of the repeal um but i mean yeah it's it's very much like where are the people who spoke in favor i mean i know many people here who would be speaking out in favor at the meeting and knocking on doors but i feel like something about the impassioned kernel of activists in places like chambersburg need to figure out how to get out of that you know little n- bubble isn't quite the right word but community that has developed and reach you know more people to show you know what is wanted at an electoral level because otherwise we're just going to be in this trap right and
3: And i think the vast majority of people commenting were in support of the fucking ordinance what the hell was council thinking because what the fuck do they think public comment is for
0: okay is it my turn now
3: no maybe yes possibly
0: okay uh Uh, sorry my my husband is waving at me listen here's what I want to I want to retroactively hex everybody that's like well I experienced this hardship growing up so why shouldn't other people experience hardship fuck you why are you an asshole
2: Um, that's all that's all I've got
0: in In,
1: my life for that like I haven't talked to my uncle in 10 years because of that exact mentality yeah
2: um, I just want to close, you know, the segment of trivia um by oh, quoting another council. I didn't get to do mine yet. Her segment, her her
0: part of the trivia.
2: Okay. Um by quoting the council, another council member who um says it says that he shared his experience of running a ranch in Louisiana and having a cross burned in his front yard after hiring a black couple, which who knows that that even happened? Who knows? Okay. Um, he said, I've seen discrimination. I'm not for discrimination. God told us to love everyone, but I believe this ordinance will cause more havoc than it's going to help. And this was likely after hearing hours of comments from people who are part of the LGBTQ community, why the ordinance was important to them. Fuck you,
1: dude. Shanna, all right. Well, I feel <laughs> real out of place because y'all are leveling with white supremacy and um, repealing <laughs> ordinances. And I come in with, did you know that the darkest place in America is Cherry Springs State Park? Up I mean, in listen,
0: I just, Potter I presented County. to you, meet me in Altoona. So I think you're fine. It's tell true. us, tell us more. Well, I'm
1: giving you the quote, dark history of Potter County. And I'm going to throw another one in for Katie. So oh, I love it. I reels, love it. Harry Springs State Park is is believed to be one of the darkest places in America, um, best place to go stargazing. And that is uh, Potter County, way up on the New York state border. Um, also home to a tiny little town called Austin, which had a concrete dam, which I don't know who thought that was a good idea. People in 1911, apparently. Um, and the dam failed. And so it flooded the town and something like 78 people were killed. And it, it basically wiped out the entire town of Austin. The school still exists. They graduate like 10 kids a year. My friend is the K through 12 music teacher there. Uh, and it's right next to Cameron County, where I used to teach. Um, the dam is, I mean, it they have done nothing to it. it. It just exists in that same state. And it is really fascinating to see in person, I got a tick on my pants there once, which is the memory I have of Austin. Thank you very much, Austin, for your bugs. Um, but then the other thing about Potter County is that you were talking about all these white supremacy places and you didn't mention Ulysses. Oh, I forgot about like the summer picnic for neo-Nazis. Yeah, Ulysses in Potter County. Again, all on this beautiful (laughs) scenic Route 6 right near where I used to live and teach, um, is, is very well known as, as a hotbed of the Klan. Um, and like actual swastika flags hanging outside of people's houses. Um, it is- horrifying uh but again there are good people everywhere there are really really wonderful people that live up there and have to tolerate this bullshit um but there's the dark history of of potter (laughs) county i love it i love i
3: when i did uh one of the best county party picnics i went to was the potter county democratic party picnic i think it was 2017 And it was at the park at Austin Dam and you could like hike up there. It was absolutely wonderful. But because I also know about Ulysses, I borrowed my dad's car. So I didn't have any liberal bumper stickers on it.
4: Hmm. What year did this dam burst? 1911. 1911. Oh, that's when it burst. I thought that's when I built it. Okay.
0: So Angela, tell us about your, your PA trivia.
4: Okay. Uh, So I, I, I just wanted uh, my, my PA trivia. Hold on. I had a small frog in my throat. Um, my PA trivia is pointing out that Pennsylvania has always had its share of bad political takes. Mm -hmm. And so my trivia highlights (coughs) quite possibly the, worst. This is the OGPA politics bad take. And um, it belongs to the Patriot and Union newspaper of Harrisburg, which was the precursor to the Patriot News. And in November, 1863, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, 1863. That was a, a lot of things happening. But one thing in specific, and that was President Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. The good, the good, wise folks at the Patriot and Union newspaper wanted their readers to know, and this is their exact quote, we pass over, yes, very exciting, we pass over the silly remarks of the president. For the credit of the nation, we are willing that the veil of oblivion shall be dropped over them, and they shall be no more repeated or thought of.
0: <laughs> oh, girl, if that ain't a bad historical take. Cool cool take, bros. No like, <laughs> one aged well. Aged super well. Aged about as well as their newspaper. <laughs> yeah
4: yeah yeah so uh that was my pa trivia um ironically enough in 2013 um in, on the anniversary um they printed a retraction <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, like, so, like, 100... J.K. bros we were so wrong <laughs>
4: <laughs> so i find this hilarious That's what yes saying. So, <clears throat> so i want you all to add that to your lexicon mm-hmm. um that you Went the veil of oblivion to the fall. veil of
0: oblivion. <laughs> oh, yeah. my god! Outside. So, that is my P, that is my PA trivia.
4: Bad takes, historical bad takes.
0: <laughs> I i love it. That's you know, Pennsylvania has so much fantastic and amazing history to it. Uh, and I want to say because we have highlighted some, uh, just a a of the racism uh and homophobia, etc. of Pennsylvania. Uh remember, Pennsylvanians, if I hear you making racist Southerner jokes, I'm gonna be like, have you looked at the clan in your own backyard? Uh I feel yeah. like taken
4: together our trivia yeah. facts really, really uh provides a real microcosm
1: of yeah, take absolutely. You no, know, it, it really distills it. You're yeah. a ray of fucking sunshine with this trivia tonight. I mean, listen, I at least thank God I brought that song.
0: <laughs> listen, we have a guest today, and our delightful guest uh, is PA Good Takes, PA Politics Good Takes only. Katie, why don't you introduce my Emerge sister?
3: Yes. Um, today we have lissa geiger schulman she is a policy consultant she is a former pennsylvania state house candidate a former chief of staff for a member of the pennsylvania house of representatives a policy wonk like me yay and a pit graduate she is currently spending some extra time that she has right now with everything else that she does fighting against conservative narratives in regards to school boards, and is being outrageously and wonderfully proactive about getting people to serve on their local democratic committees. So, hello, Lisa.
5: Hi. I feel like I need to say, like, longtime listener, first time <laughs> guest. Super excited to be here. Um. So we
3: always ask women who are in or have run for office, kind of these questions, um, starting with the first one, well, the first two, what were your experiences with misogyny on the campaign trail? How did you overcome it, handle it, tell people to fuck off? What worked for you?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was in a somewhat unique position, uh, being that I was, I think, about... uh, four months pregnant when I decided to run for office. So like, not only was I, you know, visibly a woman, I present as a woman, but I was also like had a very steadily growing belly throughout uh, my primary campaign. Um, So I, I definitely had, especially... Uh, during those first few months a lot of misogyny and like specific to being a a mom a mom who had young kids and who had another kid on the way so like I everything from the committee woman who every time she saw me uh, just wanted to talk about my kids how things were going with them like nothing and this was somebody who I saw at many many events so like nothing about what was going on in like politics and Harrisburg, like the normal things that, you know, people who go to these types of events schmooze about and gossip about, like, you know, hey, when I was running, like, Mike Terzai just left the legislature. Let's celebrate that together. Like, none of that typical political small talk, just like, oh, what are your kids up to? Who's with them tonight? All of that crap. Uh, Who's
0: with your kids makes me insane. I just left them home by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like I left the four-year-old take care of the two-year-old. I thought that's fine, right? That's cool. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I honestly, if I were to do it again, I wish that I could just say that, uh, use that line. Um, Yeah. Because yeah, it's just total BS. Um, So yeah, so I had,
4: oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, I apologize, but I wanted to throw this in before we move forward from that, which is staffing male candidates, I have never once heard anyone ask a male candidate who is a parent who is taking care of your children never yep, once yep.
5: Yep.
4: and I've awesome. never once not heard a female candidate with children not be asked that mm-hmm. so I just wanted to make say I wanted to throw that out there because it's it is it's the stupidest shit I've ever heard
5: Yep. But on the pot, so I'm going to spin the misogyny about being pregnant on the positive side, because I did one, the woman that I happen to be talking about actually is very close with me now. Uh, We work together on a number of things. So, you know, people get better. Um, And as evidence of that, another woman, uh, actually a bit younger than me, probably in like her early twenties reached out, it was right around the primary. And I can't remember if it was right before, right after, which I obviously won, Um, Mm -hmm. kind of saying like, Hey, I realized I kind of was ignoring you. And honestly, I think it was about the pregnancy thing, but it made me do a lot of self-reflection and really think about my own misogyny. So I can't even remember who that person was. Maybe they're listening. If so, like kudos to them for like reaching out, apologizing and like acknowledging it because we can all do better.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's fantastic.
5: That was really great. Um, but yeah. And then just the typical stuff, you know, Facebook messenger stuff about like, you need voice lessons because your voice is too gravelly or whatever, whatever, you know, I got all that. So
0: <laughs> your voice is too gravelly. Like, okay. I don't, you, right. you
5: have
2: a voice and you're a woman. Therefore I to yeah, send you a message about it.
0: Absolutely. Yep. 100%. Oh my God. So I guess like, you know, having been through it, what would you say to the women running this year in 2022?
5: I mean, I think I would say get your support network together and like go for it. And also like, fundraise the shit out of that misogyny. Like if you call me and tell me about some freaking misogynist thing that happened to you, yeah, I'm gonna give you money. Uh, and it was some of my best fundraising days on the campaign trail where like, you know, the day after the county committee endorsed uh, a man over a woman every time and a Trump supporting woman when they didn't have a ch- like a choice. That was mm-hmm. one of my best fundraising days or weeks like of the entire campaign. Cause everybody was like, this is BS. Um, so yeah, use it to like, push yourself forward. Um, you know, we've got to fight against it. And then when we get in office, like, let's burn that culture down.
0: Oh, I love it. Now. So listen, we're going to talk about burning that culture down, but before we do, uh, we do have here in the notes, an extraordinarily important question, uh, which is this, um, if you had been elected in 2022, and you were a sitting state rep right now, would you be the vanguard pushing to support Penavision?
5: Oh, the vanguard. That's like a real high bar. Um, I mean, I feel like as a longtime show listener, I have to say yes. But the reality is, is like even just prepping for the show, I had to like Google Eurovision. It's just not something I know a ton about. So like, that's a a fun trip though, right? (laughs) I I,
4: I am really impressed that you, you took the time to, to, to research your real
0: preparation.
4: (laughs) Yes. and, And I hope that you came away from your Eurovision exploration, feeling really good about Panavision TM.
5: I mean, what I love about the vision is I think we can all use an excuse uh, these days to like come together and cheer for one another and support each other and support our neighbors. And it seems like that's what uh, Petavision will bring to Pennsylvania. So if that's the case, then I I guess um, sign me up.
0: Woo! Unity, Pennavision, Pennsylvania, Unity ticket. We love it. That's the only that's the only kind of unity we're looking for.
4: In so a now world, yeah perfect
0: in a perfect world
4: in a perfect, perfect world in a perfect world somewhere 50 years into the future 50 years into the future in whatever podcasts look like then mm-hmm. they will be doing pa trivia and someone <laughs> will whip out <laughs> someone will whip out television and be like look at this crazy shit <laughs> From 2021. Can you believe this? It's gonna be future, Jillian. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is the future that I want.
0: I'm For gonna us. be I'm gonna be in like uh a home, or maybe I'll just be like maybe I will still be in my own home and I'll just be like chilling out in a rocking chair with like a crocheted blanket, being like, Yeah, bitches, pen of what the vision of your son
3: just not wanting to deal with you in your old age yeah ned's gone you know he is putting your ass and my childless ass in a home together
0: that's probably true he'll be like you guys will be like the toddlers that can take care of each other exactly we <laughs> like if i put you both in the same house yeah i'm sure everything will be fine um <laughs> no trouble at all listen so
4: terrifying thought terrifying thought
0: let's get down to the real the real
4: beautiful I, it surreal be- beautiful surreal
0: like be fair we make a lot of trouble when we're together um <laughs> and that's real and so it's okay it's all right um that's but listen
1: this problem
0: <laughs> yeah oh god those poor those poor angels um What's the real reason that we wanted to have Lisa on, Katie? What is the real the real reason? Oh, the real reason. Yeah. The real
3: reason. Aside from that fun stuff.
0: Aside from the fun stuff.
3: Running for committee. Woo! My favorite thing that I will be talking about for two months to anyone who wants to know. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, you first ran for local committee in 2018. What was that experience and process like?
5: Positive. I ran for your state committee in 2018. Um, So that experience was great. I was living uh, at that time in one of the densest democratic uh, precincts in Allegheny County. So collecting signatures was fantastic. I got to meet a ton of my neighbors. Uh, my middle child at the time was a couple months old, so I got to canvas with her, all bundled up under my uh, coat, which is how I knew, you know, I could do it And <laughs> When people were like, "What are you thinking?" I was like, "Yeah, was like you just go knock the doors." Like kids most of the day at that age, so whatever. Anyhow, so I got to take her with me. I got to just like really talk about what was energizing and motivating my Democratic neighbors at the time. Felt like giving them like an excuse. A lot of them don't think a lot about some of these party positions, but to connect with somebody and just kind of shoot the political shit, talk about what was happening at the time in the news, what they cared about, what they were thinking about primaries at that time. uh, yeah, so it was it was a really fantastic experience. Just getting to know people, collecting the signatures. My county precinct seat uh, at the time was filled by another woman who um, seemed to basically be doing her job. Like she was at the polls every election day. Um, so I wasn't. Uh, I chose not to take her on for a county party seat, and I was also really fortunate that the chair of my ward at the time, while Um, There were probably some issues with him. He uh, allowed me to come to their meetings as part of uh, the Young Dems. I was on the board of the Young Dems of Allegheny County at the time. And he was like, yes, you're part of the party. You can come to our meetings. Uh, Unfortunately, had I not been part of the Young Dems, he probably would not have allowed me (laughs) into those meetings. So So, yeah, I have other things within our... uh Yeah, I have a
0: question Go before ahead. we move on to other questions it's specific, it's specific to Allegheny County. I think because like, you know, um, probably people there are some people that may think it's the same everywhere. It's not the same everywhere. Every county has its own bylaws. Uh, as a member of state committee, are you a member of the Allegheny County Committee, like sort of ex officio or no?
5: You are a voting member of the county committee as okay. a member of the committee. Um, so once I was then elected as state committee, like I had to be let in to mm-hmm. our ward committee meeting. I got to vote in our endorsement process, which is a whole other topic. Maybe <laughs> we'll get. <laughs> yeah, to, um, that's a whole other day. And, you know, got to vote for uh, the chair of our county party uh, when we reorganized um, okay. because there was a change in leadership. Like while I was serving on state committee. So yeah, I became a voting member then of the Allegheny County in addition to going to the state committee meetings and casting votes there.
0: Cool. As it should be, in my opinion, frankly. But yeah.
1: Uh, I wanted to ask a question that's like slightly off the agenda. Go for it. So like, I just, I'm just curious. Every time I hear people talk about the Allegheny County Democratic (laughs) Committee, it's like never good, right? (laughs) And like, I cannot, I don't know what y'all have in the numerous rivers that are feeding your water supply, but like, (laughs) is everyone curmudgeony when you go to these meetings or like, how is, how is your level of engagement different from all the horrendous things that I heard? while I was in the Emerge (laughs) program about how your endorsement process works and like, like what,
5: what is happening? Just why? What? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think the endorsement process is a big piece of it, which basically, you know, allows the county party to demand outrageous subs of money from candidates that in theory is supposed to go to help the winners in November to actually like beat Republicans, but in actuality, like Uh, often doesn't go to be helpful. Um, And then, you know, the way our bylaws are written, technically, um, while many local committees, um, municipal board committees are starting to um, politely look away, the way the bylaws are written, like whoever wins that endorsement is supposed to be the only person that committee people can volunteer for support publicly, donate to, et cetera. So like a big part, in my opinion, personally, of, of the problem relates to that endorsement process. But then to your point about the like curmudgeonly, like yeah, there's a lot of old white guys who are chairs of wards and municipal committees and who run things in the way that we all know old white dudes like to run things, which like involves a lot of ego, involves a lot of like hierarchical, like you will do as I say, craziness. That's just like why, like our goal as Democrats is to bring people in, engage people and win elections. And that style ain't working like you all. Uh, No, I think you've got it wrong because the goal of being
2: on a committee is to be the chair of the committee and to have people do what you want them to do. Duh. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> you know it, Jillian.
2: That's right. That's how you run your committee. I know it. I've seen it in action. That's
0: right. You just yeah. do, what, do what I say. I mean, listen, yeah, exactly. I, I, honestly, occasionally I would be thrilled to have more pushback. It's just that um, I, I hope I'm not a, a huge yeah. asshole.
4: Jillian, what would you do if someone showed up to your endorsement meeting if indeed you had an endorsement meeting, i had an endorsement
0: not. meeting. okay but let's
4: just say that you had a large endorsement meeting mm-hmm. and people came to your endorsement meeting and they were wearing their trump gear as they stood in line to cast their endorsement votes what would you do
0: i would tell them to take it off or get out
4: i'm just checking i think uh there was a lot of reasons i think the acdc took a lot of hits um, and, you know, images like that were definitely, I mean, that's they were, there were shocking images the results were shocking of the endorsement, but
5: like, holy crap, you know? Um, so if I can chime in with like, why we're trying to change that, like, there's a lot of folks who are trying to change that. And so um, one of the organizations I've gotten involved with, I'm a steering committee member with DPAC, which is Democratic Partners of Allegheny County. We're a countywide organization. We've uh, tried really hard to recruit to our steering committee member, like a very diverse group of people who actually reflect the Democratic Party. Uh, and and who brings some differing views about the Democratic Party, which is great, um, but like who all together want to engage new people, encourage them to run, equip them to run, and then like equip them to be effective committee people. So back to like the goal is not to like become the chair of your committee and like go to the most legislative breakfast because elected officials want to court your vote like that, that's not the point, it's go talk to your neighbors about the Democratic candidates on the ballot, about the issues that matter to them and what Democrats are doing to address those things. So anyhow, DPAC has been running a bunch of trainings uh, over the last almost year now, wow. Um, and uh, really trying to get people to know, one, that all the Democratic committee, precinct committee seats are up uh, on this primary ballot. And then hopefully encourage them to run to, you know, in areas like where I am, fill vacant seats, because we got a lot of vacant seats in a whole bunch of committees. And then to, like, make sure that our committee looks more like our population, (laughs) looks more like our party, uh, Mm -hmm. and get um, some of that, you know, one lane thinking uh, out of the committee.
1: Excellent.
2: I I kind of have a question that's sort of related to, you know, this conversation, but not exactly on there. Um, Go for it. uh, You know, as we, well, as I saw from some of the coverage of the state committee Senate endorsement, well, and just the general meeting that occurred recently, you know, um, political reporters like to say things like, you know, Democratic insiders and elites chose to endorse these people. And I guess, you know, when I think of um, committee people, I, you know, don't really think of them as elites per se. And in terms of being an insider, I mean, I don't know, what do you think of that, Lissa? Like, I I disagree with that framing. I don't, I don't think that it is fully accurate in terms of how um, the party functions and how things work on the ground, but I would love to hear your perspective.
5: Yeah, I certainly, I I think I agree. I certainly wouldn't see us as elites, but I get the part about insiders because the reality is like Democratic, you know, the party doesn't run a big public information campaign about its structure. There are many counties that don't post their bylaws publicly or let people know, like, how is it that you serve on committee? And so people a lot of times do find out about it. It's like who you know. Um, That's a big piece of like what we're trying to change because I think we don't, especially if the party continues to do these endorsements or even straw polls, even if they change a little bit, um, you know, having a group that is not necessarily just people who know each other, uh, I think is really important. Um, But I do get that right now, I think a lot of the seats, at least in Allegheny County, as I think about like our state committee, like the only reason I even knew that state committee was that there was a seat that was going to be available was somebody texted me, like one of my friends in the party who had served on committee before was like, hey, I think there's actually not enough females running in your Senate district, you should run. Um, So yeah, I think that idea of insiders who you know is valid but i think it's changing like i do think it's starting to get more diverse it's not totally there yet but it's getting better and huge shout out to like young Dems, some of the caucuses that are like doing that work the lgbtq caucus that are like really trying to recruit and diversify the committee, for sure that's so hard
4: It it is. It's so hard, though, um, and I, I want to make sure to shout this out because I know a lot of our listeners are in um, more rural areas and our rural counties. Um, I believe fifty percent of them, a full fifty percent, have only uh, only get one state committee seat. Um, you know, outside mm-hmm. of their um, chair vote and uh, so there that is a frustrating thing and that's why uh, be sure if you want to get involved to run for your local committee and and if there isn't a spot for you talk to your leadership and get involved in other ways because I really do understand that there isn't an opportunity for people to get involved in the rural counties because there just aren't seats There's not a path when there's only one seat, because a lot of times those seats are held by the same person for like 50 years. And you know what? Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to arrive and make friends in their county when getting involved in politics by deciding to knock off the nice person who's been on committee for. I mean, even if they're not that effective, it's it's just not the best look at all times. So I just wanted to say that because I understand that for some people out there, it's not as simple as, you know, run for state committee. There's just not a path in in, in half of the rural counties to do that. So talk to your leadership, get involved in other ways, you know. Um, I think it kind of it, it it does suck a little bit in terms of insider versus yeah. elite. I don't think I don't think committee is uh, state committee is elite per se, yeah. But there, it absolutely is, though. I mean, there's no doubting that unless you have a structure that lets the information flow out, that the information stays in.
5: Yeah, I think that's right. One other piece on that too, as I think about like the Allegheny Caucus, for example, at state committee. So one thing that does kind of perpetuate that like insider elite factor. Um, and I don't know, cause when I got on the state committee, there were a lot of new people and it was the, um, process for being absent from a meeting and sending a proxy was described to me as like, you find a proxy, you sign a piece of paper and say like, I'm giving my vote to this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I knew if I wasn't going to make a meeting, like I was going to find somebody who thought like me, um, or who would vote like me, but it seems there's this, um, process in Allegheny County or had been I don't know if it's still going on because I haven't been on committee for a little bit but that folks would just notify the chair if they couldn't make it and then the chair had these handful of people who just always want to go to state committee and they always got the proxies so like rather than individual state committee members like finding their own proxy which makes sense Um, it was like, they just told the chair, like, Hey, I can't make it to this meeting. And the chair's like, Oh, don't worry. We got this van full of people who are (laughs) like me. I mean, I hate to say it that way. They're lovely people. uh, Yes. But we have this van full of state
0: committee groupies.
5: Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs)
2: It's a binder.
5: It's a binder. A
0: binder full of state committee
5: groupies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, that, that definitely perpetuates that like elite insider um bit especially when you often do have a, a good handful of people who just can't make it for a variety of reasons anyway.
0: yeah so I think one of the good questions that I get often um is why should people run for precinct committee person like why should you run for county committee
5: yeah, I mean, so many reasons, but I think the biggest one, so having, I can speak to it, like, having been a campaign mm-hmm. a candidate, um, like, having people who know their neighbors, who know the Democrats who have to turn out, who know the Democrats who are going to turn out no matter what, and who know the ones who, like, need that extra reminder like when you have somebody who can own any chunk whether it's like a single block uh, like one residential plan or cul-de-sac which is more applicable sort of where I live Mm -hmm. um or you know an entire precinct which like in Hampton Township where I am might be you know multiple housing plans right which can be a lot but like even if they can take a piece of it and be like, I own this area, I know all the Democrats, I know the independents uh, who tend to vote our way, I know some people who are persuadable, you know, of any registration, and like, I will make sure that they vote. Like, that is amazing uh, for a candidate and for a campaign and for Democrats to actually start winning. Um, And I think, you know, that that may sound really overwhelming to people who are like, I'm just thinking about this thing like how much is it really going to be um you know even simple stuff like I will cover a polling location for half a day on election day like that is hugely helpful to campaigns so that they know that they're going to have eyes and ears on the ground if anything odd happens if an opponent shows up and starts you know chatting up the poll workers in a way that feels a little odd, like knowing that you have someone there uh, who represents Democrats or who represents mm-hmm. a candidate is so helpful. So like anything from just like being able to show up on election day to like really carving out an area of like, I will know the Democrats in this geography is so helpful for us to start like winning more seats, getting good people into office, um, and getting rid of those Republicans.
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. I love it. Do it. Everybody run for County committee. Just fucking do it for sure. Yeah.
5: And I what, think, I yeah, mean, but... the other thing too, is just like, we got to start asking people, you know, it's the same thing as, um, you know, the candidates who are trying to raise money, like you gotta make those one-on-one calls and have those one-on-one meetings. That's what I've been doing. You know, I mentioned to Phil, I'm part of this countywide effort, which is DPAC. I'm also the secretary of the Hampton Democratic Committee, which is my municipality. And a lot of it has been me going through and like, who do I know in these, you know, six plans that make up this precinct where we don't have a committee man or a committee woman. Mm-hmm. Um, And who can I cold call? Who can I like who's been really active in the community forum, pushing back on some of the radical crazies who are out there still supporting Trump and posting misinformation about vaccines? There's like a lot of good people who are pushing back, like I'm logging in, looking them up like, hey, (laughs) I live in the right area. All right. I'm going to message them. Hey, did you know we have a Democratic committee? Like, come check us out. Um, and ask people, would you run? Would you serve?
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I love, like, frankly, um, I am 100% grateful every day of the week that I have uh, Democratic County Commissioner Laura Burke because she is digging in hardcore on our uh, county party building, and uh, I simply could not love her more for it. So... I also love that you
4: mentioned yeah. looking at the community message boards um, because I, I, I really think that when you see that person that consistently has um, those really well thought out comments and, and really seems to be able to persuade people um, that I, Cause I, I listen, I I will admit that I do the same. I do the exact same thing. I'm like, who is this person? How can can we get them more involved? I like the cut of their jib. They're doing a good job here, you know. And uh, and I think that um, if you can withstand wading through the toxicity that um, are those community pages, especially in the last you know, two years, um, it it really is a good way to identify people in your community who maybe, uh, you know, uh, would be capable of the work and just don't even know that the work is there
5: to be done. Yeah, totally. I've messaged several and they're like, huh, I've been thinking about getting more involved, but they're like, so I've been thinking about like running for sheriff or I don't know, I'm making that up, but like what they think about to like mean, get start to get involved is like very, very different than what the actual opportunities are to get involved with our party to get to know candidates and political organizing so um it's been really really great to like reach out to those people let them know that there's like a neighborhood local municipal group that meets that tries to do the work of like building the democratic brand um and then bring them in so i've had a lot of success i mean i've gotten a lot of no's um, from people who don't want to serve or don't have time or it's too overwhelming um, but you know, I've gotten at least one yes for every two no's, I think, roughly, so just keep asking people,, uh-huh.
3: but I think it's work that doesn't end, like when I went on my rants about council at the top of the episode, like <sighs> there's a reason that our constable, tax collector, mayor, and all five council members in my little town which is majority Republican, more votes for Trump in 20 than over 16, elected all fucking Democrats. And it's a lot of work. And it's like also, it's like talking to those persuadable voters, right? Um, you know who that is in your community. Luckily, I live in a teeny tiny borough and like we know who those persuadable people are. And we had a write-in challenger to our constable candidate. And... um. I got them a list of independents to go knock on the doors, right? Like those, a lot of those folks turned out, they saw them at the polls. And I think that kind of knowledge of community um, is important. And even if people say no to you, don't lose their contact information if you're helping to build your county party because they might say no to you now. They might not say no to you in two years um because who knows life circumstances but also they have their friend circles too that they could connect you with because they're like oh my friend Susan she was actually telling me the other day I told her to call you because I know you know the things and I think that's very valuable Shanna it looks like you were gonna say something
1: yeah just on, like the importance of of getting other people to understand the importance of uh, like your county committee I there's another podcast I like to listen to and they like to go on tears sometimes talking about like how useless, like local County democratic parties are. And like, in some places, I think that's probably absolutely true, but like they're only in the state they're in because they don't have enough people doing the work. And so like, I know in York, like we're, we're trying, you know, but like, there just hasn't been a big presence. And so That is gradually changing because we've been doing this work. I'm just really tired of people who are not involved in county party politics at all, like going on these rampages about how horrible county party politics are. But like, you have to be there to make the change, right? So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's grueling, right? I don't, I don't know that it's like the most fun thing to do, but it's so important. And I just wish that more people would get involved rather than just whining about it. Yes,
2: one hundred percent
1: accurate.
5: Oh, yeah. I just—I get so, really frustrated yeah. with the people who are like, "Well, it's just um terrible garbage," and so I'm gonna choose to opt out. Versus like, no, I'm gonna spend time to make it better. Um, like yeah. if we don't make it better, it um, it's gonna look real bad—not the party, but like what our elected officials are what our you know entire makeup of our legislature and our congress and then like ultimately the policies that affect all of us um the reason we are all democrats it's gonna look really bad yeah it absolutely starts
0: at the bottom and that that's so 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 important and i think you know it's it's hard when you feel like you're alone And that's the moment when you need to focus most on building because like, yeah, we all need a break from it sometimes, like, you know, for the sake of our mental health, (laughs) as if that were a thing that I had, uh, and for the sake of our mental health, if you've got it still, um, you know, you want to have people that you can pass things off to because, you know, we all have different skill sets and that's how you build a strong, vibrant, County party and state party is by having people that have different skill sets and different focuses um, so that you can have a much bigger, broader picture. So, here's another question I guess. What do you think for people that are going to run for county committee? What is your advice to them?
5: In uh, running for committee, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's ask ask people questions, like figure out whether it's you know somebody else who you know on the committee, and it doesn't have to be you know on your own committee. It could be across the state, it could be in a different part of the county. Like ask them questions, ask for help, and like take it on. Um, you know, don't don't just go on what you've been told. Um, Make sure that you know, I I have heard stories that's really scary about like, you know, when chairs are trying to keep people out and off of committee about them telling Mm -hmm. false information, for example, about like when petitions are due or whether they need notarized or some of these like really awful things, so like ask for help find a reliable source somebody you trust um to make sure you are dotting the i's crossing the t's there is a bit of that like it is running for office even though it's party office um and then um You know, I think the other advice is like once you get on committee, which you will if you get your, you know, 10 plus signatures, 12, 15 signatures and you get on the ballot and you um, let people know that you're on the ballot and that you want to serve like you will you will win, um, which is great. And then I think it's when you're serving like, um, you know, I think I've heard before said, like, vote your values, I would say like, vote your heart, there's been a lot of um, committee folks who want to be pundits and who want to just vote for um, what their definition or model or mental image of electable is or good overall is. Um, So I think it's really important that once we get new people on committee that um, they're not voting as pundits, they're voting as people.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's jesus yeah i just i want to i want to shout that from rooftops
1: put that on a t-shirt
0: put that on a t-shirt uh vote as a person not as a pundit because you're right there are so many and people people get so deeply in their heads like we had you know and i think worry about things that are essentially distractions uh instead of the shit that's really important like you know i definitely at state committee heard like uh you know what what are we gonna do about you know these carpetbaggers that are running for office it's like you mean the carpetbaggers running in the republican primary nothing that's not our problem like why why are, who cares uh you know and then People that are like, well, you know, do you think this really can't this candidate really has a chance of winning? Um, and it's I because, you know, they're this identity or that identity. Do you do you want them to win? Do you do you like vibe with their values? Do you feel like they are the person that represents you the most? Then you should vote for them and you should work for them.
5: Are they the hardest workers?
0: Are they a really hard worker? Yeah, that's because also very important. Um, I in fact, know a lot of people that share my values, but um, couldn't, you know get signatures on a petition to save their lives.
5: Yeah, I did. So uh, one thing I sent out at the end of my campaign talking about, um, you know, I obviously lost for state representative, um, but there were a lot of like smaller wins that my campaign did build. And I sent out a um, email towards the end and I got some pushback from some local committee members about the message I put out uh, that talked about the committee um and I I don't have it in front of me so I can't quote it it's probably a, a whole other topic uh, that we, you could do a podcast on um but I think one of the things that was really frustrating for me even in addressing it and of course I talked to those committee people because I want them to stay involved but like the reality of like who did a lot of work in 2020 and by work mm-hmm. I mean like Who contacted voters, who staffed polling locations, who um, showed up for phone banks and canvases. Like in a lot of areas, it's not committee people, it is other grassroots activists. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to, you know, demean any of the committee people who do that. There's a mix, but the people who pushed back on me were not the ones who were at every canvas I held. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyhow, but we're going to change it and we're going to do it because people who listen to this podcast and people who, you know, are really excited about Democrats are going to run for committee this year. I know it's true. So that's I why love
0: it. This, this is the perfect kind of optimism we need. Oh, bless. Uh, that's a perfect, I feel like that's a perfect spot. Speaking of rejuvenating committees and uh, just like building the democratic party that you want to see in the world i think we have a very special announcement from somebody
3: katie yeah um so uh by the time this episode airs it should be public because maybe we'll have some fucking petition dates by then but yes i am running for the center county democratic committee chair So part of the reason is, and I've had the conversation with my existing chair who is finishing their third term. So that's 12 years of my chair and vice chair being in leadership. 12 years is a long time. Like, you know, we at the executive branch, you know, our presidents are only around for eight years, right? Mm -hmm. Governors. Um, It's not about them. I'm not doing it because I absolutely despise my county chair. Um. But I think the way politics is shifting um, in this county and the way tactics of campaigns are shifting Mm -hmm. and things like that, I think think I'm the right person for that. And I've got a fun slate. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I said it on the last podcast episode that there's a lot of people who are trying to hold on to things who keep saying that they want a big tent party but they yeah. actually aren't doing the the coalition building work to do that mm-hmm. and that's a skill set i have that i'm gonna bring so yeah yes. i'm running for
0: chair i love it officially so much. official announcement uh i'm so excited because i hope that katie and i can be county chairs together yes Yes. and i'm gonna encourage people and other people maybe other people on this podcast might become county chairs uh and uh not naming names just saying Uh, not me not you because you'll be (laughs) maybe you'll be in brussels maybe you (laughs) maybe you you could be like the chair of like the expat democrats oh the democrats (laughs) abroad yeah there we go yeah that's
3: right for
0: for people who are currently
3: in or will be or are just maintaining a leadership mid to higher level leadership role in committee the one thing i want to say that i have seen numerous committees do and it happens in in center it happens in other places some counties are better some counties aren't Um, But one thing that has been striking over the last couple of years with COVID, where I've just kind of like sat back and watched, you know, all the county party social media, shit like that, right? Like, just remember to be a big tent party. Everybody has a role that they can play, whether you like them or not. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you see them as a centrist or you see them as a progressive and you don't like whichever fucking binary side, everybody has a skill and a talent that is going to be valuable to the party whether it is knocking doors, writing checks, writing letters to the editor, and just find
0: a way to bring people in because
3: um, it'll be stronger, and that's the point
0: absolutely one hundred percent um so yeah, we're never gonna stop singing the praises of being on your county committee, and thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. We love having for you having me absolutely any anytime uh. Listen, we got events. Uh, let us not forget. Last week, we told you about it. Shannon told you about it. The York Dems Committee Training. It's tomorrow. So that's February 10th. So do that. Um, on February 17th is Race in Railroad City Celebrating Black History. That's an event uh, at the Railroaders Museum in Altoona. Uh, and you can find it uh, on Facebook or the Railroaders Museum website. We'll get you the links to that. And keep looking in your area. See what you got. I bet there's something. Patreon, gang. If you want the behind the scenes, if you want the behind the scenes jam, then you've got to get on our patreon five dollars a month at a minimum uh we'll get you access to our discord um we are working steadily on doing uh, new patron exclusive content um you know we got goals for this year and you can help us with those goals if you join our patron patreon so please come do that And with that, I will say many thanks, all the thanks, to uh, our fantastic guest, Alyssa Geiger-Schulman, to my delightful co-witches, Katie, Shanna, Angela, and Emily, obviously, our wonderful and mysterious and delightful producer, Dr. Ack. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at (laughs) The Night Caucus. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Pods. Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods. And of course, come join our community by becoming a Patreon supporter. And without further ado, I'm going to take us back to meet me in Altoona. Yes!
3: yes and I'll meet you at the going to put a smile on your face. So meet me in Altoona
4: and share with me. Vitality.